Hello! Welcome to Pinecones and Moonstones, where science, witchcraft, and history combine. I'm Cassie. And I'm Desiree. And this episode, we're talking to you about omens. Yep, omens. (laughs) (laughs) Which I had a more extensive list of when we first talked about doing this, and then I only end up getting through two. So, I have two omens Cassie has all the smart people information about that. Well, we'll see. Um, <laughs> so the uh, the definition of omens, there are two. Um, one is, well, it's a noun, and one is uh, an event regarded as a portent of good or evil or mm-hmm. something of prophetic significance. Um, so, Which could be literally anything. Exactly. Which is kind of where I go with it a little bit, because the first thing I want to say about this, because it's inevitably going to happen, if you hear about an omen on our show and then you think you're seeing it, it's probably because you just heard us talk about it. Uh, It happens a lot, and it's, it's, there's a, there's a line you can go from to being, like, aware of omens to being, like, too aware you know what I mean? Where you're like, everything is an omen. So just be careful of that when you start hearing about them or researching them, because it inevitably happens to someone. <laughs> I would say that if you were going to consider something an omen, it should be something that came about naturally that you noticed on your own. It shouldn't be like you heard about it, because then you're going to be subconsciously looking for those things. But if there's something's happening to you that picks up your you know, it draws your attention to it without any sort of outside um, interference, I guess, then I would be more likely to believe that, I guess. Yeah. Um, Unless it's the grim, and then you're definitely going to die. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, in anthropology, we tend to, like, we've had a problem discussing omens. The first being, like super rich British white men going out into the bush and recording all of these signs and omens that they think the people that they're studying are seeing because that's the only way they have to understand what the people are telling them, which is a problem. Um, And then we also have the problem of, like, sometimes anthropologists themselves are considered to be the omen, and that puts your (laughs) research in a really potentially problematic place so we talk a lot about them but we also count taboos as a type of omen um and it works really well in celtic mythology especially but in most mythology if a person is said to have a taboo usually it means it's something you can't do or you're gonna die guess how everyone in mythology who has a taboo dies Whatever their taboo says they can't do is what they do. Um, my favorite example of that is the death tale of Cuchulain in the Ulster Cycle for Irish mythology because he's not supposed to eat dog, but he can't break social taboos, so he ends up having to eat a dog. And because, <laughs> yeah, because he ate it, uh, he ends up setting about what's going to lead to his death. And his death is, he told the Marigan he didn't want to sleep with her, and so she murdered him. (laughs) 
I mean, you should just <laughs> do it, man. <laughs> um, yeah, so there's that. There's also a lot of um, indigenous taboos that get picked up in um, a lot of, like, Old West TV shows or Wild West TV shows and stuff, like, uh, especially Navajo omens um, mm -hmm. and taboos. So, they're, they're in virtually every culture, I think. Um, so, did you pick, like, your favorite taboos on the list to cover? Uh, I picked, originally this suggestion came from, uh, my sister-in-law, and we talked about a few, and so I wrote down a list, and these were the first two I could remember of this list that uh, I misplaced somewhere. <laughs> so uh, I actually, so I can get words out of my mouth properly. Um, I picked owls because I love owls, and actually this is one that probably within the last 15 years I felt like I was getting, I wouldn't say omens, but like, Owls were coming up everywhere. Like, everywhere I went, I was seeing owls. And so I looked into it because I was like, oh, this has got to be great. And then everything I read was like, death, death, death. And I was like, what? Also aliens. Like, I love owls. What? Also aliens. aliens. I don't Do you listen to Oh No, Ross and Carrie at all? Uh, you've recommended it. I haven't. So there's a, a theory that almost plays off of the staircase murder case. Where it's like mm -hmm. an owl hit her. Uh... Mm -hmm that owls are aliens coming to, like, owls are the omen coming to tell you that the aliens are going to talk to you. Mm-hmm. So they went to Alien Con, and uh, there was a guy there who was just like, owl, owl, owl. So for any of our listeners who listen to Onrack, here's your owl, owl, owl moment. I'm going to have to listen to that one. I've never heard that, that owls before... It's like... Owls before aliens? Is that like bros before hoes? Owls before aliens? Well, sometimes it's the owl is the alien, or people who feel like they've been oh. abducted, abducted or have alien encounters. It starts because they start seeing a bunch of owls, and they follow them into the woods. It's like... Why would you follow an owl into the I woods? Don't know. He's gonna go get food. Also, he doesn't it's watch like, you around you, in his if way. If you're a person who's grown up near the woods, like, for your life... You should know better than to go into it at night following some kind of flying creature, whether you think it's an owl or not. Like, you just don't go in the woods at night. That's not smart. Well, you can. I, I don't think there's anything wrong with going in the woods at night, but if you're... I'm not sure why you would follow an animal unless you're going to eat it. Well, also, just, like, apparently it's, like, people who just, like, walk off into the woods. They don't tell anyone where they're going, and then they're abducted, supposedly. While they're oh. out there. All the abductions. I see, now this is the one sort of paranormal uh, culture that I have absolutely no interest in. And it's sad. I should. But anytime someone starts talking about aliens, I'm just like, womp womp. See, for I me, anytime anyone starts talking about aliens to me, it's usually because the sentence has started, I'm an archaeologist. <laughs> and so immediately... Ancient aliens. My brain, when someone's like, oh, aliens, my brain goes, racist. And just shuts off because ancient aliens is insanely racist because it yeah. assumes that all of these monuments, um, which are built by people of color, can't possibly have been built by those people of color, so it has to be aliens. Similar monuments that get built where white people live are not included in their little alien thing. 
Well, I think now it might be because they're scrambling for subject matter, but uh, that show, the first season, you're like, okay, this is kind of funny. Like, I didn't think it was a serious thing, and it's totally a serious Mm -hmm. thing. And only because um, when it first started, it was really mostly based off of, like, Chariot of the Gods, which I've read and my husband had read. He was the one who recommended it to me. But it's been so misconstrued in this ridiculous show. Plus, that guy's hair pisses me off. You know like, he's Von he Daniken's student, right? Like, Von Daniken is on that show all the time and eats up everything that guy says. Yeah. Mm. He's mm. part of it. <laughs> he is part <laughs> of the problem. <laughs> Ugh. Anyway. Um, also, Von Daniken to... came up with it during the Nazi occupation and was, in fact, kind of a Nazi. Why you gotta crush my dreams? That was the only part of Aliens I thought was okay. It's fucking racist! Well, I didn't read any of that part. I was just, I like the pictures. <laughs> to be honest, I did not read it all the way through. I skimmed it, watched the first season of that stupid show, thought it was ridiculous and kind of a joke, and then that's the end. Another one similar to that that hopefully is less racist uh, was one called The Gaia Project that, like... But that one sort of spins it into how the world's gonna end. And then it didn't Yeah. Because yeah. no one bothered to listen to the actual archaeologist who translated the Mayan calendar. <laughs> like. Oh, this one was less like 2012 apocalypse oh. and more like, I, f- I forget. Anyway, that's the point. That's not what this is about. What are we talking about? We're talking about... Omens. Omens. Owls. Omens of owls, which... Um, I loved until I was like, what? It means you're going to die. <laughs> and and then, I, and then I thought it was interesting, <clears throat> as I'm digging through this, being the weird tarot nut that I am, uh, how it kind of comes full circle at the end here. So owls uh, kind of runs two veins when in, in terms of omens. It's either uh, a sign of wisdom and fertility, or it's an omen of death. <laughs> and... Uh, so specifically, the Welsh thought that owls were fertility, a sign of fertility and easy labor. So like if a woman was pregnant and she heard an owl hooting, she'd be like, sweet, I'm going to pop this baby out, no problem. Uh, mm. Greeks and Romans associated... So, God. Good Lord. Anyway. Associated? Greeks and Romans. Thank you. <laughs> it's like my mouth is not making the words... Uh, Greeks and Romans associated owls with Athena, obviously. Mm-hmm. So they thought owls were great. And they would frequently, if you saw one, it was like, things are awesome. We're going to win. Everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, ancient Christians saw owls as an associate of Lilith and therefore a sign of evil. According to this article. I'm not, I'm not sure that lines up properly. Anyway, uh, the Pawnee feel that seeing an owl is a sign of protection. And I'm going to butcher this, and I've heard you say it, the Ojibwa? Ojibwa. Tribe? Thank you. So they think that it is uh, an omen of death or evil. So I'm not sure how close those tribes are in location, but they were referenced in the same paragraph. So I'm The Ojibwa close. and who? Uh, Pawnee. At Midwest. Okay, so not really that close. They're plains. They're both plains. Pawnee, Indiana. Pawnee's really big. That's the point. The Ojibwa. <laughs> There's a lot of space between all that. There's the o- a lot of other tribes between them. Um, yeah. The Plains, though, because 
of the way they mostly experienced removal. Um, they likely had a lot of culture contact, but even before that, um, trade networks between plains and, like, western tribes were amazing. So, hmm. yeah. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Uh, in Pueblo culture, there is a god known as the Skeleton Man, mm-hmm. and I'm sure he has a different name that's not, that I didn't write down because I didn't, can't read that one. Um, and owls are associated with him, but he is a god of death and fertility. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was fun. Uh, the Aztec and the Mayans consider owls to be messengers or companions of the gods of death, basically. Yeah. So Owls are bad, eagles are good. For most Latin American but, things. Well, they're not necessarily bad, they're just, like, associated. I don't know. Anyway, we're getting into that. What I thought was interesting was most of the cultures, to understand their view of whether or not an owl was an omen of good or evil, you'd have to look at the way they view um, death and birth and the whole life cycle. So Mm -hmm. some cultures tend to split it up where one is not related to the other, and some of them tend to see birth and death as almost the same thing. It's like the same gateway point. And, um, I think that the owl in particular is a really good comparison to the death card in tarot. Yeah. Because it's, I mean, what's the most, unless you've been reading tarot for a while, then everybody knows it's the fucking tower. Nobody wants the tower or the three of swords. But, um, the death card for most people who aren't familiar is almost always the skeleton face or a dead animal or depending on what kind of deck you're using, but uh, is a card of change, basically. Mm-hmm. So it's easy to take um, when you see a tribe who feels that that, you know, that owl is a, a sign somebody's going to get pregnant and then another tribe feels that it's a sign of death. Well, if you're taking it out of context, they're going to be two separate things. But really what it is is a giant omen of change. Yeah, it's almost, so. it's like... Uh... Almost a directly oppositional change, which I think fits mm-hmm. either way because. But cyclical. I yeah. Mean, got... Like it's whatever's ha- like if it's birth, then you're moving the exact opposite of death, and if you think it's it's a death symbol, then you're moving directionally opposite of birth, kind of a thing. Um, which would make sense. Well, that is. Oh, sorry, that was weird. Uh, I wrote that birth is the death of one way of life and a new beginning of another, and death is the same. Yeah, because if a lot of birth is the death of single life, you know, being one person. Now you're taking care of two. Death is the opposite way of that, where you're now you're minus one. I guess if that makes sense. Sometimes it would depend. I don't know enough about Plains Indians and like afterlife ideas. Because a lot of tribes, it's like you're immediately almost like a reincarnation kind of thing. Like the cycle mm-hmm. immediately, like it's never stopped. It, it immediately starts over. It just yeah. keeps going kind of a thing. Um, and you guys can't see the hand signals I'm making. but <laughs> <laughs> I think they got it. Yeah. It's cycles, baby. It's a circle. I'm waving yeah. my hands around like an idiot. Um, but uh, for other tribes, like it's, it's very much a separate thing. Of, like, we don't necessarily know what happens after. Or it could be that there's, like, a period of rest or something. So I feel like 
maybe what their views of the afterlife might also be might depend like be a factor in what they see the owl as you know mm-hmm. well another thing i noticed was um in looking into all these omens and this has to do with the black cats as well um any sort of nocturnal animal is immediately almost always a uh, a negative omen plants too uh, like night blooming plants and poisonous mm-hmm. plants are often used as like if you see one like growing in your path or like if one pops up as a weed or sometimes people uh would send them as like a death threat. Yeah, kind of like a a couple. Except I would be so excited if I found <laughs> any of the poisonous plants that I know, except for maybe poison ivy, not really my thing, but like any poisonous flowers, I'd be like, oh, do you see it? That'd be so exciting. Yeah, it's like that or it's like um, a lot of assassins guilds, especially during the Crusades, would uh, like send um, flowers as a sign that they'd completed whatever contract. Like they would send the flower that was associated with the type of death that they carried out to the the contract hire kind of a thing yeah it, like it gets really deep into weird Nerdy. shit i love plants i'm a nerd ancient <laughs> nerds no no i mean i know i when i was younger i was really interested in that victorian uh, language of flowers sort of thing but i think it goes back a lot further than that it's just victorians get credit for everything yeah uh it's i mean they're each each subsequent like regime change, I feel like has their own big thing mm. with flowers because you you get herbal traditions all over the globe essentially, but mm. also you have like very Catholic herbal traditions or very Protestant ones in certain places in Europe, or you'll have like some that came about during the Enlightenment versus ancient plants we might have used, like that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So the Victorian language of flowers one is a good example of them i think but Mm -hmm. it's definitely not the be all end all it's very much just plants in britain (laughs) they also um one of the web pages i was looking at mentioned that some tribes felt like the owl's eyes were almost like in like they how did they compare it because how are the feathers lay around their eyes looked like some of their death mask sort of things so to them, it was a, a really easy association to see an owl with those giant eyeballs, and you know, um, a lot of a lot of uh, African death masks too, which could play into some Caribbean ideas about owls. I would think. Um, I don't know much about African ones, besides like Egypt. Um, look like that too. So it could be that it's like a forward-facing eye orbits kind of a thing because. Um, mm-hmm. Sometimes different types of apes and monkeys are also, like, associated with fertility or death. And they have the big orbits, like we do. So it might be, like, the closer looking you are to an expression of humanity, the more associated you are with that cycle. That would make sense. Whether they recognize it that way or not, like, that's what I Mm -hmm. would think the larger structure going on would be. Now I sound like Levi Strauss. This is not (laughs) good. (laughs) So owls are actually harder to dig that deep on because it's um, most of what's referenced is different Native American tribes and how they feel about owls. So I'm guessing, I mean, this is literally a guess because I am not a student, but it seems like it's something we sort of took on from them. And there isn't a whole lot of like, 
I mean, it's... You know what it's, I mean? It's, like, most of the modern-day associations of owls being um, portents of death I think seem to be from what we've gotten from tribes. It would depend on if if you're coming from a country where owls natively exist. Yeah, if you don't, I figured. if you don't have owls, then you don't know what the fuck that they are. Because um, a lot of... A lot of uh, European understandings of, like, vultures before they had ever been to Africa, like, were based on what the uh, African tribes told them. So I would bet that it probably has something to do with colonialism and, like, not having a word for that thing, but needing Uh, to tell people about it. It's just, like, the potato. The potatoes. (laughs) Not related. You know what I found out today? What? Marley was playing Minecraft, and she... Uh, made a replica of the store slash uh, beer place next door. Uh-huh. And um, she, she, so she made a shop where she's living up top and there's a little brew house on the bottom. <laughs> and then she's like, I got to get my management staff in here. So she made some villagers and she goes, but I have to keep the potatoes away and keep them separate. And I go, why? And she goes, because if they pass the potato back and forth, then they're going to make babies. <laughs> I was like, What? Apparently, if you give potatoes to the villagers, they will pass it back and forth, and then little hearts will come up, and then they have a child. Finally. Finally. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to give away your secrets about your your place. It was cute. Now I know. Potatoes are the language of love, even in video games. Oh. So. Anyway, back to uh, omens. Hmm. Moments of death. So, uh, I actually the, could get a lot more information about why cats and black cats are considered evil. Because of Christianity. And bad luck. <laughs> uh, that is a large, large, large part of it, yes. So, um, there are actually a few cultures that always have and always will, I think, love cats. And specifically, Egyptian culture, <laughs> obviously, was huge for cats. So, and I actually didn't know that it was, uh, if you were convicted of killing a cat, it was a capital crime and you would be beheaded. Mm-hmm. Which, oh, that's a cat. That's kind of cool. And then, uh, on an off note, there was an Egyptian farmer in 1888 who uncovered a tomb with 80,000 cat mummies dating back to 2000 BC. Yeah. Yeah, that's gross. You know how that would smell? Yeah. Oh, yeah, you would know how that mm-hmm. would smell. <laughs> Very vividly, you would know how that would smell. It doesn't really smell so, much greater when it's just bones. Like, all of that shit just soaks in. Like, it's not, it's not pleasant. <laughs> oh, you heard me talking about cats. Are you coming in now? I'm going to lay on my laundry, you shithead. Okay, <laughs> so other uh, cultures that really seem to like cats are uh, the Scots, before they turned Christian, and Irish as well. Yeah. There was, like, some good luck portends. Like, a, I think there was an Irish fable about if a black cat appeared on your porch, it was bringing you good luck. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. Um, and then Japan. It's, um, the dog does son that's essentially Irish Dionysus. Um, mm-hmm. He has cats. That's why they're good luck. He's the lucky one. It's not Angus. I have never it's the trusted other one. a man. Who has a cat but no girlfriend? Oh, like he had lots of girlfriends. Cat. Uh, okay, I'm just saying. Any guy I've met who lives by himself and has a cat immediately distrusts that guy. He was only like Dionysus in that he was the god of whiskey, but um, 
Whiskey and beer. Um, it's good to be God. But he's the lucky... His name is, like, the shiny one, essentially. Oh, is that... Uh, what's his name? I can't remember. Ball, baller? Not baller. No, not that one. <laughs> uh, it's the baller. one... That's not even a I think name. it's the one after Angus. I'm gonna Google this Balder? now. I don't know. I just watched a thing about the shiny one yesterday. Yeah. His name is not Baller. It's like... T- okay. Aid... It might be Aid, or is it Meter? Termate. Nope, not Bob Durg. Are you of. talking about Bob Durg? B O D B. It didn't sound like that. They said it on TV, and they showed a picture of him, and he looked an awful lot like Jesus, and it made me mad. Uh, all right, I'm gonna click this. Let's see, Aid. Known for his something. He's the one whose mother um, talked to every plant and asked them not to harm her son except for That mistletoe. is Norse mythology. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I missed my pantheons there. <laughs> that, is... that makes a lot of sense why you don't know what I'm talking about. Uh, yeah, that is... Let's see. No, eight is fire. Okay. So is it not him? Faultless, bright-faced. Yeah. Yeah, it's Aid. <laughs> so there's, there's a shiny god in both... Balder. Balder is who you're uh, thinking of. Yeah, I know. I'm thinking... I didn't... Anyway. I, I digress. Back to black cats. So, um, it seems like, for the most part, as Christianity started to spread, they were looking for ways to sort of get rid of the uh, any of the older pagan traditions. And specifically with Egyptians, they have cat-headed goddesses. Black cat-headed goddesses, like Bast. And she has a couple different names depending on which area you're in. But she's one specifically that she's a black cat for a head. And then there's another, like, tiger-headed goddess one. But um, the, the biggest turning point that I could find was in 1233 A.D. when Pope Gregory IX declared that black cats were an incarnation of the devil. And then to prove their devotions, it started this big thing of Christians rounding up black cats and burning them alive. Yes, uh. Marley. I will help you in a minute, okay? Okay, give me like 20 more minutes. It's okay. Anyway, so this actually got so bad of them rounding up black cats and burning them uh, that that combined with um, there was the day before, one of the days before Lent. It's called Shrove Tuesday. It used to be a way to give yourself and your family good luck and protection from calamity would be to burn a cat or an animal. Like, if you couldn't find a cat, any animal would do, but you would burn that thing, and then you'd be protected for the year. Hmm. Which I didn't know about either, but um, it actually got so bad from people doing this that some parts of Europe had no cats at all. Hmm. Yeah, they almost went extinct in large parts of Europe. Which, obviously, they've made up for over here. Because there's cats everywhere here. Oh, I lost my spot. There was a natural tendency after that to link black cats uh, with devils and witches. Just because they they kept on with the 
the stating it was the black cats that were evil cats in general. And one of the theories they have is that it's because cats are mostly nocturnal. Mm-hmm. And anything that that is nocturnal is automatically a supernatural servant of witches or actual witches themselves. And that specific story comes from, um, there's, and I want to say it was the, the people who came over here. Not They weren't called pilgrims. What was the, uh, the actual name for them? Colonists? No, the the Quakers, right? Quakers. I'm thinking of Quakers. It's a Quaker story. Yeah, they're story. after the Pilgrims. This this specific one is a Quaker story um, that a man and his son were walking through town, and the father threw rocks at a black cat that he saw, mm-hmm. and then the cat ran into a house, and then an old woman emerged from the house who had bruises and was limping in the same spot that the man felt like he had hit the cat. Oh, God. And then the cat was nowhere to be found. And she was uh, tried for being a witch. Now, I don't know if she was actually, like, convicted. There was a lot of that going around. I couldn't find any actual physical, like, documentation of this being more than just a story, obviously. Fucking white but- women ruining everything. Yeah, just because they couldn't find the cat that they hit with a rock, they decided it must have been the old lady. Like, have you have you ever hit a cat with anything? It's gonna hide it's from gonna you. It's gonna hide. Yeah. And they're good at hiding. That's like they have their job. Another reason they listed for black cats being uh, evil is because they're harder to see at night, and they're sneakier <laughs> because they're darker. Oh, people. <laughs> so. uh... <laughs> Also, any, because of the black fur, any black animal, like ravens or crows, also seems to be related to Ravens, death. though, are very, especially in the British Isles, like, they knew the Celtic histories because they used them against the Irish a lot and against mm-hmm. Wales and Scotland a lot. Um, so they already knew that they're associated with the Morrigan, whose name, depending on how you want to translate it, is Dark Witch or Dark Queen kind of a thing. So, mm-hmm. I could see, like, that extrapolation being real easy. Because they're also yeah. associated with other, like, in other places that the Romans colonized. And then that Catholicism spread to. Like, ravens are common with either battle gods and goddesses or death gods and goddesses. So, like, that... It's because they eat the dead bodies. Yeah, that's, like, that extrapolation that's why they hang is, out there. is pretty easy. Yeah. So, that seems to be... Um... It all seems to be circumstantial that sort of drove this... I'm not sure why Pope Gregory decided to declare this a thing. <laughs> but the the only other thing I could find that's further back than that is um, Scotland. They had something... It was a fairy called the Cat Sith. And I've never heard of this before I read this. So if there's mistakes, it's coming from the place that I found this. <laughs> I'm going to have to dig into it deeper. But it is a fairy who can take on the shape of a black cat, and it was believed to be able to steal uh, a dead person's soul before the gods claim came to claim it. And so that's why Scottish people would sit up day and night with the body before the burial to protect it from the Sith, who looked like a black cat. Hmm. The end. I've also heard... Um, I, I heard this when I was young, and I can't remember where I heard it, but that um, you shouldn't let cats around babies because they will suck the soul out of them. I had a Catholic oh, I've, grandma. I've I'm pretty sure that. that was a Catholic thing. I've heard that before, but actually it's a, it's a, uh, SIDS, 
and crib death explanation. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, I know. Um, but <laughs> it's not just Catholics. It's like a. It's got a ton of folk tales that are like multicultural in background. But uh, yeah, it's like it's because the cats were sitting on the kids' faces. So there are some cases where cats like have suffocated babies because all the fur gets in their face because yeah, they're assholes. You see um, those right now? She heard and was like, "I'm gonna come <laughs> be an asshole." But it's it's usually like if if there was a pet in the room at all, and the kid had SIDS or rolled over in their crate like, in their, in their crib and, like, pressed their face against the blanket the wrong way because little babies can't mm-hmm. breathe, um, mm-hmm. they usually blame it on whatever the animal was. Hyenas well, also be- supposedly suck the soul out of them and dingoes in Australia. And black dogs. hmm Like the Grimm. Everything comes back to Harry Potter. Yes. It must. Basically. We have to talk about Harry Potter at least once an episode. Yeah. So that's, uh, <laughs> basically, if it's a black animal... Uh, it's evil. That seems to be what it all comes down to, and mostly driven from Christianity. Yeah, thinking it's even evil. E- like black, uh, black wild horses. After the Spanish came to the U.S., um, black horses have bad connotations for a lot of tribes too. Really? Mm-hmm. I think that I might Black Beauty when I was younger, and it was depressing. I could see why that would be a thing. Yeah, it's it's it might also be like some explanations are like well also. Once they first saw horses and then they saw Europeans, like, bad things started happening. I thought you were going to say your penis. No, Europeans. Like... <laughs> uh, and then also, like, if the if the horses ran away from a group of colonists or conquistadors, a lot of times is how it would happen, um, the horses can carry some of the diseases that the conquistadors are carriers for that the natives don't have. Um, mm. so a lot of times they would see, like, a black horse, um, which could have been any color horse imaginable, but they'll say it's a black horse, um, and then it brought plague. Like, it brings devastation, and the, the tribe usually, like, experiences massive amounts of, uh, death, but it's, it's always, um, smallpox, usually. Because the Spanish had it, and, uh, if they coughed or any of the... The pox, like, if they were actually actively having smallpox while they're on conquest, um, mm-hmm. might, if the pox rub against the saddle blankets and then someone touched that blanket, like, they're gonna get it. So it's almost, right. like, the precursor to purposeful smallpox blankets that happen during removal, which is even more depressing, but... Yeah, it is. Well, that's interesting that black horses are uh, linked like that, because in the Bible, isn't it a pale horse that's the... Well, yeah, but the uh, Native Americans didn't have a Bible before the Europeans. No, no, I'm just saying, uh, when it comes to, like, black... Normally, it's a Christian thing for a black animal. Death and a pale horse. But in the Bible, it was a pale one. Well, black is, um, pestilence. There's a black horse. There are four horsemen, and the horses have colors. Uh, oh, the horse, they said the horse was black in there, too? Pestilence is black, I think. Did he say the horse was black? Yeah. Now I gotta look. All four okay. of the horses have colors. I want to oh, say I it's that. like a chestnut or a reddish description. Does it, and it says that in the... Yeah. Okay, we're gonna look it up now. Yeah, just it's just the, the most quoted one is... Is the pale. And behold, I saw death, and he was riding upon a pale horse, and hell followed with him. Uh... 
You sounded so bored when you said that. It's because I've heard it so many fucking... Everyone uses oh. it for wrestling. Everyone uses it for their westerns. It's like the best line at the end of Tombstone. It is, yeah. Because then you get Kurt Russell and Val Kilmer and their beautiful coats yeah. riding in on the horses, and it's great. It's weird to me that their coats are the because thing that they you have, admire the they most. They have, like, the flowy coats. I really only like Val Kilmer if he's Batman or if he is Doc Holliday. And it, I feel like it has more to do with the weird cape coat thing than... Val Kilmer is a sweet angel of a man that you should love all the time. Val Kilmer is a Christian scientist who's refusing to get medical care. Don't and is ruin entirely him for me! Ill. Come on! <laughs> Why Oh, yeah. Oh, Val Kilmer. Okay, well, I'll just pretend that he's Doc Holliday. That's good. Yeah, no, he's he's very fine. Doc Holliday It's my favorite. That was my seven-year-old me. <laughs> like, really? He's a Christian scientist? Yeah. Who's not getting medical treatment? Mm-hmm. Bro. And he's, like, supposedly, like, real sick. Like. Bro. Yeah. All right. We're gonna have to have a talk, him and me. <laughs> if you know Val Kilmer, like... If, if I knew him, I would yeah. be there tomorrow. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> no. Uh, that's actually, that's all I had. So, basically, you could make up your own whole book of omens if you just assume whatever omen it is is black, means death, and if it's any other color, it means great things. Mm-hmm. Unless it's a frog. Ooh, I should have done toads. That would have been a good one. My favorite are the the sky colors for sailors. Oh, yeah. Uh, the red classic sky. one I think everyone knows is like red sky in the morning, sailor take morning, red sky at night, sailor yeah. delight thing. But the Vikings had like almost as many Other words ones. for like sky color and type as the Eskimos do for snow. Like hmm. that, uh, Yeah. Also, related to cats, um, I read somewhere, and I can't remember where, that uh, Vikings used to give their new wives kittens. Aww. As, like, a, a house, like, a you weren't an actual wife of a house unless you had a kitten. And then sailors, supposedly, were the only other possibly Christian uh, group of people that believed cats were good luck. Well, because they eat all your rats, and if you don't have rats, then you don't have fleas on the rats. And if you don't have fleas on the rats, you don't have bubonic plague. I wonder if the plague is Pope Gregory's fault because he had everybody burn all the cats. What what year is he? Twelve something? Twelve thirty-three. I think he's like a hundred years off. So Dang it, it could it be a, a generational theory. problem. We'll see. Black well they kept plague. burning cats. It continued to be a thing. I feel like it's the thirteen. The Black Death is 1347 to 1351. Well, he certainly didn't help so himself. So he he could have started, like, the the generational issue of cats almost going extinct, which could have caused the rat population to surge, plus overpopulation of humans also always causes mm-hmm. rats to go insane. And that's what was happening in Italy, where it started. <laughs> Fucking fleas. <laughs> Ugh, you say that and I'm... Checking her fur as we speak. It's gross. It's like when you hear someone has lice and then you immediately start itching. (laughs) It's always, yeah, no, because I never had lice as a kid. And then my girls went to preschool, which apparently is like how you catch everything ever. Yes. 
And then they both got lice. And I remember just like, I don't even know what to do with it. I didn't know what a lice was. And my husband took one look and he's like, yeah, that's lice. And then he noped right out of there. (laughs) So it's just me like trying to pick these things out of there. And ugh, I still check them just out of habit. If they're standing near me, I'll just start going through their hair. And they're like, mom, stop. They get really mad at me, but ugh. Yeah. Lice, fleas, spiders. I don't do I watched spiders. the, um, what's that new, Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. Have you seen that yet? No. Have you read the book when you were little? Scary Stories. Yes. That's the one okay, with Harold. So... Harold, right? Like, they turn Harold into a scarecrow. Yeah. Yeah. Scarecrow, that haunted yeah. my nightmares. My best friend and I checked the book out from the library. Those pictures are scary. And we read Harold and the one about the kids at the county fair that get turned into, like, fat vegetables. And they say that they're mm-hmm. rotten and they, like, throw them out or something. Uh, those two were, like, the most terrifying thing to third grade Cassie. It was, like, a existential crisis. Like, I could not go to sleep. <laughs> Like, I was terrified that Harold was going to be a thing. And we made a Harold. We used a bunch of her dad's clothes and stuffed it full of old newspapers and hung it up in her brother's room so that when he turned his... He pulled the switch for his black light to come on because it was mm-hmm. the early 2000s and all teenage boys had black lights in their rooms. Uh, when he turned yes, the black light on, it raised up Harold. And so he's laying in his bed, and then this, like, really half-assed third-grade version of Harold pops up at the end of his That's bed. That's still scary. Oh, he screamed bloody murder, because he didn't come home. He had a, he was a pizza delivery dude, so he didn't come home until, like, 1 a.m. Uh, and we were already asleep, and then all of a sudden we were just like, ah! It was great. <laughs> Childhood was fun. There's a, there's a story in there where this, the lady, she's got a dot on her face. Yeah, the spiders! Bigger that is, I the can't, spiders. I can't, I can't. So... Yeah, I've they been terrified. That's no, because I know oh, no. I can, I couldn't yeah. handle reading those stories. I'm not gonna watch them. Well, I did, and <laughs> it was just as viscerally terrifying as you think it Where is. Where it's like, like they keep telling her Whoa. she has a zit, and it's like, nope, it's fucking spider eggs, Full and they explode, spiders. and yep. it's just like, nope, yep, little nope. baby spiders crawling mm-hmm. all over you, I, out of your face. I don't spider. I have I have Jackson, my dog, trained so that if I go ah! because there's a bug, he eats it. Yeah, that's what I miss about having a dog. Taco, uh, she'll pick it up for a second, and then she just plays with them and chases them No, see, that's Sammy. Sammy used to, like, become a serial killer with bees. <laughs> he would, like, rip the little stinger off with his paw nails, like his front nails. He'd just turn it sideways and, like, chop the little stinger off. And then he'd just, like, pull the wings off while it squirmed, and then he'd, like, smack it. And I'm sitting there like, what the fuck are you doing? He's torturing And he's the bee. just, like, torturing the little bee. Uh, I never saw him do it with spiders. He usually didn't do anything with spiders. Or he would bark at them if they're too high up the wall for him to get. Like, how rude of you. I'm a dachshund. Come the fuck Come down here. Yeah, <laughs> let me eat you. <laughs> so he just barked at a, the wall, and it's like, oh. <laughs> I had a dog that would eat the spiders for me because we had a wood stove when I lived with my parents, and they'd always bring in those big, yeah. like, on the wood bees and um, really big wolf spiders would come in. And she'd eat them, but one time she didn't swallow it all the no. way. And so when she came over to me and I was like, oh, good girl, she opened her mouth and he crawled back out onto me. Ah. And I have never oh. screamed so loud oh, in my dead. life. I would be dead. I can't handle it. I don't spiders. Mark and I have decided when we have kids, we're going to pretend like 
Spiders are fine. Long enough to get the kid to, like, kill all the spiders for us so that they're not afraid of it, and then we just won't have to deal with spiders for the rest of our lives. <laughs> that seems like a... I don't think that's going to work the way you think, because kids are just inherently scared of spiders most of the time. Nah. Uh-uh. My nephews, yeah, uh... my nephews weren't afraid of spiders until uh, my older sister yelled about one because the older mm. one had never been afraid of spiders and then the younger one like saw his mom yelling and he's like too so he's like i should be yelling this is a scary thing if an adult is afraid what the fuck's happening to me um and then the older one started getting afraid of spiders but no i think it'll be fine also it, it's a goal of like not passing down my debilitating spider fear to my kid that is a goal yeah uh, my kids think crabs are hilarious and will pick those nope. up, and I'm deathly afraid of those. I'm not afraid of them, I just have a healthy respect for things that pinch. When Marley was really little, she was, like, for absolutely no reason, terrified of ants. I, she didn't even know I what could, they were. I, and believe, you know, I grew up knowing that if it was a red anthill, you fucking run. Well, we don't have that stuff here. Oh, There's no, right. it's just... I forget. Don't lay on the clean clothes, cat. <laughs> she would even ask us before we left somewhere if, where are we going? Are there ants there? Oh. Are you sure? And she was like, two. And we're like, yeah, there's no ants in the grocery store. Like, we can go. It's cool. And she wouldn't sit anywhere near if something crawled and she saw an ant. She would lose her shit. Oh. And now she's just kind of like, we don't talk about it. <laughs> she doesn't have to go outside if she doesn't want to, so she doesn't have to see those ants. But anytime there's a um, a fruit fly, oh, no. she will scream bloody murder like it's a mosquito. A fruit fly. I've never screamed about mosquitoes. I just smacked the fuck out of them. She doesn't like mosquito eaters either because she thinks, you know, the big crane flies? No. Or maybe you guys don't. No. Oh. I don't Well, they think look we like do. giant mosquitoes without the nose, like without the proboscis thing. But only. So they're male mosquitoes. No, they're giant. They eat mosquitoes. I've never heard of this. The ones that... Okay, look up a... <laughs> I don't know. The giant ones are always male mosquitoes where I'm from. Uh, no, uh, male mosquitoes, you're right. They don't have a, a, a nose sucker, but... These are like, crane flies just look like that all. Actually, they might have a nose. Now that I'm thinking about it. Okay, don't listen to me. I am not a bugatologist. You're an entomologist? Entomologist, that's what I meant. I like mine better. It sounds cooler. <laughs> anyway, we've gotten way off topic here. My computer I don't have anything has else. 22%, so. Okay, we gotta wrap this up then. Uh, I did it so well last time. Let's see if I can remember all of our things. Because I... Well, wait, we have a contest, though. Yeah, yeah. So I didn't even remember uh, all of our any... things. <laughs> nope. Uh, we, uh, what are we doing for a contest? Well, we hit over 5,000 listens. So first off, Yay. thank you, everyone, for helping us hit yes. over 5,000 listens. Because uh, that's just mind-boggling to both of us, I think. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah. and really fucking cool. Um, so we're gonna do a giant box of shit, basically. Uh, no, we not have... shit. We're doing a box of awesome stuff. I like mine better. It will not <laughs> physically be a box of shit. I can't send that yeah, to you. can. Um. <laughs> you have to have a biohazard. You do. Pass. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Back to, yeah. Copper lights are a thing in archaeology. We mail them a lot. Um. <laughs> It's fossilized human poop, if you don't know that word. Uh, <laughs> uh, that is also your gift. No. <laughs> um, so we have a mug and we have, do we have a t-shirt or just a mug? 
a mug. Yeah, we don't have. Yeah, we, we gave away a t-shirt. t-shirt. Right. So we have a mug. Um, we have some random soap bars for me that are mostly fall smells because it's fall now. But you might get some surprises. Um, and a candle. Yeah. I don't know which one. It'll be a surprise. Lots of stickers. Yeah. A big box of swag. Yeah. I guess two. Technically two big boxes of swag because we're going to send them to you. Yes. Anyway, how are they entering this? So you entering? need to follow us on Instagram and like our Facebook page, uh, which is at Pinecones Moonstones on Instagram or Pinecones Ampersand Moonstones on Facebook. Um, you need to message us with a picture of a review you've left us on whatever podcast, website, or Facebook that you want to use. And we're going to have a post for entry that you need to uh, like and tag a friend on Instagram on. That's a lot of steps. We should probably write that up. Yeah, I got it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Um, But, uh, yeah, all of it will be on Instagram. And, um, yeah, I think that's all the, the things end. we have to do. <laughs> oh, and happy Halloween. Yes. Happy Halloween. Because that's when this will come out. <laughs> do, 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 do. If you're like me, you're about to go watch the terrible Zach Baggins show. I am not like you. <laughs> you're not going to watch it not, on Halloween? I absolutely, nope. Oh, I am, because my only other alternative is watching Crown Jewel and WWE, which fuck that, because, yeah. I feel like you're selling yourself short. There's a lot of other stuff you could watch out there. No, because like uh, we have football, and then we have Zach Baggins' show, and that's our plan for Halloween. Never mind. That sounds like a great plan. <laughs> we got invited right. to go to a bar, and I was like, Halloween and bars are not my thing. <laughs> that sounds crowded. Huh? Anyway... Okay, so all the information will be in another post about this contest. And this if, if you've already left us a review for the last contest, there's more than one platform you can leave a review on. Yes. So you can always leave a different one if you want to be able to enter this one. Yep. The end again. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then the end. <laughs> That's how I'm just going to end these for now. Okay. The end. <laughs> oh, no, anyway. Uh, oh, stop it. Okay, so... No, get off! Sorry. All right. Don't be a dick. Eat your vegetables. Stay hydrated. And make some magic. Bye.